my podcast family welcome to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving it's friday winding down hopefully and today we are on or in on or in not sure we're going to be discussing (laughs) psalm 108 and i'll be reading from the new international version my heart O god is steadfast I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Save us and help us with your right hand, that those you love may be delivered. God has spoken from his sanctuary. In triumph, I will partial out Shechem and measure off the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet. Judah is my scepter. Moab is my washbasin. On Edom, I toss my sandal. Over Philistia, I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city? Who will lead me to Edom? Is it not you, God, you who have rejected us and no longer go out with our, in, with our armies? Give us aid against the enemy, for human help is worthless. With God we will gain the victory, and he will trample down our enemies. Today we hear from David in this song of lament. David starts off with, a personal statement of how committed he is to the Lord, how he could shout it from the rooftops and sing with instruments his dedication to the Lord, that he is not afraid to openly thank God for all that he has done. Next, he addresses God's faithfulness as well to his love, that his love is higher than the heavens. Then in verse 6, David praises God for all that he has done, the petitions and petitions God to be with them in battle. Verse 7, verse, verses 7 through 10, though, David kind of makes historical references to the city of Shechem, where God, which is where God made the promise um, to Abraham for him to have many descendants, and the valley of Sekah, which is where Jacob resided before meeting Esau. Now, there are a number of other things that took place in these particular historic places, but those are the ones where you initially see it, and it's in Genesis. And so he makes reference to that. David did, then references, you know, several of the tribes of Israel, the ones that God has been faithful to. And he identifies two nations <laughs> where God had considered them their enemies. They were enemies of Israel. And when you read in the Old Testament, you will see that there are many battles between the Edomites and the Moabites. Either they are fighting the Israelites or they're siding with other enemies against Israel. So there was bad blood between Israel and the Moabites and the Edomites. Hence, you know, Moab... Moabites are suitable just for washing your hands, and the Edomites receive the ultimate insult, which is a shoe being tossed at them. Um, in Arabic culture, 
you know, shoes are considered dirty. Remember during that period of time, you know, it was dusty and they wore sandals. So when people entered their homes, they washed their feet, right? You remember Jesus talking about when I came to your house, you didn't wash my feet. You didn't, you know, plant a kiss on my uh, cheek when I entered your home. The washing of your feet was something important. And shoes, they were in the dirt. They were on your feet. And so if someone threw a shoe at you, that was the ultimate insult. And I don't rem- don't know how many of you remember um, for us here in America when George Bush, George W. Bush was president when we were fighting the Iraqi war. He was making a speech there and someone threw a shoe at him. That was the ultimate in- insult. And so that's what David thinks of Edom, that he tossed a shoe at them. Then we take this turn, I think. And this is where the lament really comes up. Could you tell that this was a song, psalm of lament? Because we didn't have the clues of why God, why, or how long God. None of those were there. All seemed well, right? Until we got to verse 11, when David takes the otherwise cheerful psalm down a path stating that God has not been with them in battle. Now we get a little inkling of it earlier, but here he kind of really hits it home. Like, who will deliver us from this fortress? Isn't it supposed to be you, God? Oh yeah, that's right, you're not with us. That's kind of indignant, don't you think? An attitude to have before God. Apparently they've been losing some battles, and so they think that God has left them. So what they do is, let's worship God first, almost like buttering him up and then ask him for help, which it really isn't buttering God up. We are to come to him with thanksgiving. We are to praise him first, and then we submit our petitions. But when we submit our petitions, it still should be in a humbled way. And I think verse 10, verse 11, the way David does it is not with humility. And so I think our lesson is that, you know, even though we may be losing some battles, right, God is still with us. We must remember that God has the final say. And if we get up to live another day, then that means that that's another day that's leading us toward victory. That God is still with us. And even though he may be silent, that silence doesn't mean that he's off doing other things or that he's ignoring you. He's just silent. He knows the outcome. He expects you to continue to trust in him as you are going through your day. And so I think all of this says to us not to give up. Through our struggle, through caregiving, through parenting, through marriage, right? On the job, whatever, don't give up. We will have hard times. Don't give up. There will be some battles that you lose. Don't give up. God is with you. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's the when we lose the battles that we really see how good God is. And we also get to see where our faith is in God. And sometimes that can be a hard pill to swallow. So it's always right for us to go to God and ask for help. 
And we can always go to God and say, I don't like doing this and I really would wish you get me out of this situation. But when he doesn't, that's when you dig your heels in and you realize that you are right where God wants you to be or has you for right now and you concentrate on trusting him and just putting one foot forward every day. So don't give up. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for being a God who never gives up on us. A God who offers us thousands and thousands of chances. And we thank you for that. We thank you for loving us that much. We also thank you, Father, for not giving us more than we can bear. Now, granted, we don't think we can bear anything because we would really like to avoid all sorts of problems. We'd like to avoid the consequences of our bad behavior. We'd like to avoid being caught up in suffering the consequences of what someone else has done. We would really just like to live on easy street, Lord. (laughs) But then our faith really wouldn't develop well, would it? And so we thank you, Father, for maturing us in our relationship with you. We thank you for not wanting us to remain babes in you, but for us to grow up to be daughters and sons of the Most High God. And so even though things may hurt for a while, you are there with us to dry our tears and to hold our hand as you continue to insist that we put one foot in front of the other. Help us to trust you. Help our faith in you to grow during this caregiving season. Thank you for being our God. We trust you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, have a great Friday. And I'll see you tomorrow. And go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus.